Should we do the reverse kickoff? You got it. <laughs> reverse kick. <laughs> All right. I'm Greg Monteith. And I'm John Holstra. And we are here again to um, further our discussion from... Further uh, the probing. Exactly. <laughs> I mean... That was really good. I, I was able to. Uh, I had a really interesting how many, time. You said you have like how many pages of notes on me? I have two full pages here. <laughs> I have two full pages of notes from our last uh, discussion. I listened to. I listened to it. It sounded a little bit like I was meeting with a clinician. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to try and be a little more conversational. All right, I just, uh, it's all. Right. It's all right. It's, it's, it's my mediation training. And... You know, you, I think that's what I was hearing a little bit of. I was like, okay, so like you're kind of reflecting on what I was saying, and like, okay, I know, I know you're for real, so it's it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's 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 in me. Okay, so we, I mean, we, last time I think uh, can I just give you a little kind of recap of what I I yeah, kind of got here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were talking about your mission statement. You know, bringing order to cla- to chaos, clarity to confusion. Uh, we talked about who owners are, right? So that owners, you do this, you bring order to chaos and clarity to confusion, so that owners can effectively communicate their truth and thrive. And I guess you you, you talked about a, a number of things. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll let me answer one clarification. One, so yeah, the idea of owners was you know people that really own their lives, own their situation, are really committed to making things happen. The right. the and the reason for that is. I've invested a fair amount of time helping people that weren't really completely on board. And as much as they said they wanted to be helped or they mm-hmm. wanted help, they had all the reasons why they couldn't really do the work, didn't want to do the work, the work wasn't really worth it. And so, yeah, I was trying to be very intentional about saying, okay. I've tried to help people that, that aren't really ready to be helped or don't exactly want to be helped. And so now I'm narrowing my focus to say, I really want to go all out for the people that I really want to go all out with people that want to go all out. That doesn't mean I won't help people, but if I'm going to invest significant time and emotional energy, I want to invest it with people that are really going to go the distance. So, so why? What, what because was it? It's about totally the frustrating people? to. It's totally frustrating to me to try to work with someone and help them and use the limited amount of free time that I have to help them and then for them either not to take action or to look at their situation and say, you know what, I really think if you started executing on you know these two or three things, you could significantly increase the income for your business. Right. And for them to say, to tell me the reasons why they can't, why it won't work, and why it's not worth trying. When from my perspective, like, you know, there's nothing to, you know, run some experiments here. Right. (laughs) Uh, You know, yeah, run some experiments and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, try your own things. But, and I'm sure some people could hear that and say, yes, but aren't we supposed to help everyone? And I, t- I would say, well, I think we need to be kind to people and and helpful to a certain degree. But for me, it was just a realization of this isn't really helping either of us. Like mm-hmm. I'm getting frustrated because I'm investing all this emotional time and energy, in, emotional energy and time in trying to help this person succeed. 
But if they're not totally, like for instance, I was doing some free coaching and some people didn't show Mm. (laughs) or we, yeah, that was one of the problems was either they didn't show up or they didn't come prepared Mm -hmm. or it was helpful, but anyway, it just didn't, it just didn't continue. It just didn't, it just didn't go the distance. And, And my conclusion there was it wasn't important enough to them they weren't fully i don't know i i it could also be i guess that i'm a bad coach <laughs> that's the <laughs> other alternative um but it was yeah i just didn't feel like it was a good use of my time wow it sounds like that having a sense of commitment from that other party is really something that you've your experience has taught you as a key indicator of well and it's also i think possible. one of my values i mean i think i I'm wired that way. When I approach something and I tell someone I'm going to do something, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. And I really want it to succeed. So right. I think that alignment is important to me. Okay. Well, you know, I, I'm going to ask you a, a, a personal question. You, you've, you've helped me in terms of, you know, those one or two things. If you could do one or two things. And you've offered me those suggestions over a long period of time. So I, I guess what I want to reflect back to you is that I do think that you're fairly patient because, I mean, I've gone through <laughs> cycles here with, you know, this is about my blogging, right? And my, uh-huh. my writing. And you've given me maybe three key suggestions that I could bring to mind. You know, do it every day. Uh, transfer from, you know, transfer your subject matter. Like, like, you know, borrow from here. If you've written stuff here, you can put it in the blog. And then how you link it and how you put it together. And it's taken me up until now. I mean, you've been giving me suggestions for years now, a couple of years. And what's, what do you think about that? What, what's, what's it been like for you on the other side to hear me say, what did I tell you the other day? Nine posts in 30 days. Um, I was, I was completely pumped about that, but I, I didn't really think about, oh, gee, you know, John's been kind of helping me along with this for quite some time. And now actually I'm finally off the ground. I wonder what <laughs> you think about that. <laughs> oh, I think it's great. I think, I think what I also have to realize for myself is that I think that each person kind of has to kind of come to it in their own timing too. So right. it's crystal clear to me that you have a ton of great information and thoughts to offer people. But as we've, you know, talked early on, you're like, yeah, I don't know, but I'm not quite sure how to put it out there. And I was just like, just do it. And you're like, what do you mean? Just do it. It's, <laughs> it's gotta be, you know, I can't publish something that's not great. You know, that'll, that'll affect my reputation and, and people. And, and it's like, well, maybe the chances that I think are pretty low, particularly when nobody knows about your blog. (laughs) (laughs) So just, I I think I explained it one time, like it was this idea of, of practicing in an alley, you know, it's public. Anybody could walk down the alley and, and see you, you know, doing your act or doing your thing. But, the chances are kind of low, but at the same time, you are in public and you are practicing in front of the world. So wait, were you asking whether I saw you as an owner or not? No, no, I just wondered about about that. And and I guess I wanted to sort of reinforce this idea that, yeah, I think you, because I mean, being an owner, I guess, or maybe what I'm getting at is it seems like being an owner, 
can still mean that you stutter step through things. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think the the key to being an owner is that you're trying. That you okay. that you that you're not giving up and you're not living with a, you're not <laughs> excuses are not your MO. Okay. And and that I think that's that's the part where it's just you know, it's like, well, you know, we could really build out this website if uh you did some more videos or you, you know, write a post a month. Oh, I I, I don't have time for that. I can't. Um right. or I don't know what I would write about. Or and in other words, and then it just becomes like all the reasons why they can't. Yeah. And I just, I realized in certain situations, I probably invested too much time trying to convince those people that these things would work for them when I probably would have been better off to have given a couple of suggestions. And when they didn't take any of those suggestions, just said, okay, well, that's cool. I, I think that this could really help them. But if they're not really ready to do it, then okay, well, I'll still be here when they're ready and, and just kind of let it go. You also talked about, we, we kind of moved into, um, yeah, talking about uh, time at church and being away from church and being okay with that and not feeling the pressure to figure everything out, but, you know, having some sense of, you know, um, maybe worry or concern about mentoring Ethan, you know, your son. And then you, we, we kind of moved into a different track when you were talking again, kind of coming back with this idea of people listening to the podcast and being helped or encouraged by it. And I have three things down here that you kind of focused on. Um, you began by saying that your agenda was being against what is bogus. And so I was kind of moving there. I was wondering, that kind of tied in with this idea of what's authentic. Mm-hmm. So you talked about authenticity and then you talked about freedom, that it's, you know, diversity in terms of how you approach something like Christianity, how you believe that it's okay. You don't have to follow one set of rules or one recipe. And then we also talked about integrity. And I don't know how to do this without – I'm going to try to ask you questions to see how we go here. But, but I'm really, really, really interested when you say that you're against what is bogus and that you're kind of focused on authenticity, I guess there's no way to do it other than just to ask, but um, how, does, how does this whole idea of, of, well, yeah, within your mission statement, you've got so that owners can effectively communicate their truth. So you've got this idea of truth in there. When you, as soon as you said, I'm against what is bogus, my thought went, like when I, when I reframed it into the positive, it sounds like John's for what is authentic and what is true. Yeah, but I'll take the look. <laughs> so when I say they're truth, I'm using, I'm thinking lowercase t there. Okay. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh, this could get me into trouble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, well, not me. <laughs> well, someone hear this the wrong way. I don't know if it's a Buddhist idea or where it comes from, but in in the it may have come from nonviolent communication. It, it comes from somewhere, but it's this idea that each person has their own truth, mm-hmm. and that 
two things. So like, for instance, me and my wife can be having a conversation or an argument. And there can be things that is, there can be something that is true for me and something that is true for her that is an opposition. Hmm. But they're still true for both. In other words, my perspective, in other words, how I'm feeling, that's my truth. I feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And she might feel opposite about the same situation. Okay. We're both right about that that's how we feel. Okay. And so what I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that each person has their own their own message, their own thing to bring to the world. Mm-hmm. Their contribution to the world, their the the unique combination of who they are, that's their truth. Right. So I'm I'm not saying that's their truth of the capital T as in like helping them proclaim absolute truth. Mm-hmm. It's more help them get their message out as clearly and effectively as possible. Okay. Which comes back to again helping small businesses and helping people, you know, whether it be a product, a website, a message. Uh, I love like I used to be editor for the the blog at work and I loved editing those blog posts because I get these blog posts that had tons of potential, like it from a marketing perspective or explaining our product, like here are all the awesome features of our product and why it makes your life so much easier when you want to host an application in the cloud or whatever. But what I'd find in these articles was that either it wasn't written as clearly as it could, or it was full of jargon or the paragraphs were in an, in a, order that didn't help it Mm -hmm. and so what i absolutely loved was taking that maybe c plus or b minus draft and turning it into an a plus simply by tightening sentences taking out stuff that was a distraction making things clear reorganizing the paragraph in other words (laughs) bringing clarity to confusion bringing order to the (laughs) chaos of what i saw in that post and as a result of doing that someone could readily read what they had written and get why the product that we offer is so amazing and why everyone well everyone in a particular field would want it right and that is so that's what i mean their truth so truth lowercase t in that in that context is you know the 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 message that they are trying to get out. Well, that's really interesting because when you, when you put it that way, their message or it sounds like also the things that they value, things that they believe in, mm-hmm. that I can understand why when we're kind of, particularly when we're working with other listeners um, on the podcast and we're working with people who are, you know, our listeners, that you seem to have a really, you know, a uh, strong sense of empathy. You know, you don't seem to be constricted by some of the like any i don't get the sense from you ever that mm, i'm not too sure about that person's view like that you may be uncertain unsure about it right it may not be a view you agree with but i don't often i don't i don't know that i ever get that from you and that instead there's more of the sense of oh okay so this is important to that person so what's that about you know or what does that look like or so that that's being impinged upon and how is that what's what's that feel like which is yeah but i mean which is very much like the Labrie idea that we've beat to death and maybe people are tired of hearing about, which is if you have an idea or some thoughts on something, 
there's there's inherent value in that in itself. So mm-hmm. let's draw that out. Let's get that out there a little bit more. Let's really understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sometimes I read things. I'm like, oh, I, I'm pretty sure I don't agree with this. But let's draw this out a little bit more. Let's get a little more depth out there. Let's see where. Let's yeah. Let's go a little farther before we have to. You know. And this mm-hmm. is all reacting to my past, which was, you know, you've got to know who's on the right side and the bad side and the wrong side. Because you know, we we got to stand for the truth. Kind of like uh, the last episode, you know, was about, you know, defending yes. Christianity. So, yes, yeah, I don't, unless it's like something totally egregious, I don't, I, I don't feel a very strong need anymore to tell someone that they're wrong. And And a lot of times telling someone that they're wrong doesn't work anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if someone posts something, I'm like, well, you're wrong because of boom, boom, boom. Uh, I don't really see that helping. The, I don't see that. I don't see most people reading. If someone's, if someone took that approach with me, I would probably, I would be really hard to take a big step back and say, well, let me thoughtfully consider everything they just said. Because instead it just becomes a dispute. Uh, Borrowing just- heavily from you there. Ooh. Well, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to me as the more you talk and I'm seeing so like the, these kind of, your framing is different. Your way of approaching it is different. I'm not saying you're seeing things exactly the way I am, but I'm just, I'm seeing kind of these kind of resonances and harmonies and, you know, and I was going to go next to your idea of freedom. And I mean, this, you mentioned that, uh, you know, believing is a process, of, you know, that that you do in your own way and that you enjoy the process as well as valuing the conclusions. But before you go there, I mm-hmm. would interject here. This the reason that our interactions and our friendship is so valuable to me is like you're you're like my number one resource for for the clarity. It, oh, maybe, really? Well, I mean, you're you you've helped immensely it sometimes it takes us a few few iterations for me to get where you're going or what you're saying, but you had the ability to to walk through not a fan with me and say, I mean, for some reason I could just tell that something didn't add up, but yeah. you had the ability to walk through it and help me to untangle it, and it was in that process of back and forth that I feel like I'm unless we misunderstood him or misinterpreted what he said in that book. I felt like we pretty much laid it all out to say, okay, I understand exactly what's going on here now. Don't right. agree with it, but I, I can also say that I totally understand what's going on. And so that's why I've always valued that in talking with you. That I can bring you something just like, what's wrong with this? Something doesn't add up here. Something smells funny. I can't put my finger on it. What is it? And then we go back and forth and untangle it. Nice. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you feel that way or you find that that's the case. I want to come back to that last word in your mission statement. Mm-hmm. Thrive, right? So that owners can commun- effectively communicate their truth and thrive. What is thriving? What does it look like? How does it relate to some of this, you know, authenticity, freedom, integrity, even what you just... You thriving know, kind of talk- to me is... Uh, it's funny. I showed this to someone and they're like, oh, I don't like that word thrive. That just kind of... Eh. Uh, but it was the best it was the best word i could come up with for the notion of just being fully alive fully huh. successful fully vibrant fully um yeah successful successful feels kind of uh clinical or or kind of 
lacking the the vi the hmm. yeah when i think of someone that's thriving i think that that they're not just succeeding they're thriving they're living they're vibrant they're uh maybe they're financially they're potentially financially successful mm-hmm. um they are they're living fully they're living a good life hmm as opposed to they're just getting by and they're just not sure how it's all going to work out. And and if I'm putting this together in the right way, it sounds like or seems like ordering chaos and clarifying confusion are major components for people who are owners to get to that position of thriving. Yes, because, yes, because here again, it's that I've encountered so many situations where it's like, oh my goodness, this is such a solid idea. This is such a great product. This is such a powerful message. But hmm. it's so, not so, it's, it's, it has so much potential, but it's not getting its fair due because its message is confusing or there's too much chaos in this company or this team that they can't get all their ducks in a row to ship anything. They can't get their message out to the world because right. it's they're caught up in all the chaos. They're caught up in all this chaos of spending lots of time on the wrong things instead of the right things, or putting out fires instead of just executing. Huh. And so, when you get the confusion and the chaos out of the way, they can do that thing that they were made to do, or meant to do, or capable of doing, and. They can thrive, and hopefully the people around them can as well. Nice. Now, now how, how, does, how does your mission statement fit in, or not, with the Untangling Christianity kind of uh, Same thing, line? like all the way down. So, the, the, so for myself, and again, hoping that those five other listeners out there that are you know, in a similar situation I am, the idea of there's all this confusion about, well, there's chaos around like what, what Christianity really is. There's confusion around what the message really is and what you're really supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's maybe a little bit of both or a lot of both around how the Bible is taught and what it says. And so, so in the same way that a, that a startup or a team would be like, not shipping their product or not like operating effectively or thriving. I think the same is true with Christianity. If, if, if it's all supposed, if it's, if the, yeah, I'm losing my thought here. <laughs> what okay. were you going to say? Well, I, I was going to say, how does, how do you be an owner when it comes to Christianity? Ooh, wow. You're really tying this together. Well, well so I would say, doing what we're doing doing what i mean do it your own way freedom but to me being an owner is me standing up and saying you know what i don't know if i believe this but i'm going to try to figure it out i'm going to call my buddy buddy greg i'm sending this book and say okay i'm no longer going to be a christian based on what my family says a christian is or what the smartest person in the room says christian is or the last book i read I want to read and understand and learn and experience, and that's the big missing component that I 
that I'm still looking for right. in a way that is me, that I can own and that is mine. Right. Wow. Because if you don't, then you you don't have, it's yours, you just have what's everyone else's. Wow, that's so significant. It just popped into my head. I, but yeah, it, it is. No, because then, because then your faith, and I use that kind of loosely, but whatever you believe is just kind of a collection of what everyone else has told you it's supposed to be or what it has to be or there are certain consequences and it's not what you've determined to be real and true yourself. And so I'm kind of in that limbo right now of of saying, okay, I'm fully owning this and saying, yeah, I'm going to have this... (laughs) I want to do this podcast with my friend Greg and say that I'm not sure if this stuff's true or how it all makes sense. And I'm also not going to be able to say that, you know, I can give, you know, 10 compelling reasons why everyone else should believe it because I'm not sure myself (laughs) and try to figure some of it out. How successful can you be as a Christian if you're not an owner in terms of your Christianity? Oh, now I feel like you're leading the witness. That's an easy one to me. No, if you, if you, (laughs) no, if you, if it's not innately yours, Mm -hmm. I just don't see how deep it can go. Mm -hmm. If you're just riding the bandwagon of what everyone's told you and whatever you're supposed to do, and so you're just doing those things, but it's not innately yours in a way that you've owned for yourself and that you're like yeah absolutely i i can connect all the dots here for myself and yeah this is it then i would say yeah i don't see how it could go that deep yeah well it makes me wonder about some of the things we've been some of the complaints we've been looking at in some of the books we've read you know i think when we think about darren hufford's misunderstood god and i wonder about that lack of ownership to use to put it in your terms, whether how you know to what degree that's the underlying issue. What do you mean? Well, I just wonder to what degree people who are dissatisfied, uh, you know, either have had really significant situations that have just blown them away, or you know, there's this lack of ownership, and because there's a lack of ownership, th- there's this kind of it's not really yours. There's no depth to it. But what's the tie to Misunderstood God? I'm not sure I see that. Well, I think the the back cover of the Misunderstood God, Darren was talking about people who had uh, who were dissatisfied with their Christian lives, and this notion of you know ownership. In other words, how satisfied can you be if you don't own your Christianity? If it's not if you're not an owner relative to that belief set, and I think what I heard you saying is well, probably not very. Yeah, no, yeah, totally agree. So, all right, I've I've got one more for you. So you're talking about effectively communicating their truth or their message. We talked maybe that could be the beliefs or the values of an owner. How is my truth or my message or whatever, when it comes to Christianity, how does that relate to God's truth or the Bible or Christian truth? How do those things interface? Well, I would say they would have to. I mean it and that's where I would that's where I would think maybe I would part with the people that would say well everyone has their own truth and you know what's what's true for you and you know I can have my like at a certain point the 
at a certain point, that truth has to be able to square with something else, I think. Ah, interesting. So, in other words, I can say, well, I feel angry about this situation. And my wife could say, well, I don't feel, she could say, well, I, I don't feel angry. I feel really at peace. I mean, that's, you know, what I don't know what that situation would be. But in other words, that level could be true, but maybe the particular situation is harmful. And that is just true that it's harmful. And, and, and to argue that it's not harmful is not being honest. I don't know. Okay, so you could have different responses. Is that what you're saying to a situation? Well, I think there are different categories. So ah, yeah, okay. so yeah. In, in terms of for me to say, well, my truth is that God's in heaven, and this is how everything works out, and that's just the way it is. And I say, well, that's you know, it's true for me because that's what I say it is. Well, that doesn't make it true. I see. Like now we're getting into like bogus. Like okay, well, what's it based on? How do you know? Um. So do you understand the dis- the distinction, I guess? Because like, I guess what I'm wanting to say is I think there is a place for everyone having their truth. But at a certain point, I feel like it, it does cross a line to where it's like, okay, well, you have your truth and I have my truth. But like, depending on what the category or the context, there needs uh, to be some type of arbiter. Ah, that's really interesting. And I'm thinking about this in light of how we ended the last podcast that idea of arbitrating between two approaches. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you, what is, how do you do arbitrate that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally curious. Like I'm not. No, that's murky. I mean, well, I don't know. Okay. I think okay. I would, I think me personally, where I am presently, I think I would tend to, tend to come back to more logic. Like does, does this add up in a way that makes sense to me? Mm-hmm. And yeah, can it be squared with other things? And does it reconcile with my experience? Okay, which again is where Christianity goes off the tracks for me. Right. Oh, your experience is supposed to be like this. You know, you can put your hands in the air like you don't care, and <laughs> talk about how sing about how wonderful God is, and how you'll do anything He tells you to do, and how your life is so wonderful. Well, not my experience. Can't relate to that. Now what do right. I do? Right. Yeah, that's, that's, I find that so interesting. You know, squaring it with other things. So you've got other inputs, you know, that um, are information sources. And then you've got your own experience on the matter, which I guess, again, is another sort of... Uh, well, and, and I think most, a lot of Christians would say, and then you need to square it with the Bible. And that has left such a bad taste in my mouth that I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> In other words, I've seen such horrible things done with the Bible in terms of justifying why certain things needed to be done or explaining why certain things have happened that and the more that you and I talk and the more we delve the more I delve into NT right and some other stuff it's like yeah, more and more I'm not even sure yeah, in terms of how the Bible should be used in specific situations mm. or applied to certain situations or used to make certain decisions, right. I, I'm just more and more wary of that. I and just yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, to be clear, I'm not saying th- throw it all. Don't use it at all. But having seen it used so poorly, so many different ways, I'm very like, uh, don't. <laughs> 
in other words, when I'm making a decision or, or thinking about something important to do, my first thought is not, oh, I wonder if I can find a passage in the Bible that would help me know what to do in this situation. Right. No. Well, yeah, and I guess that's that's not ex- entirely where you're at. No, I probably just lost some listeners there, but uh, <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. Well, it's so interesting when you're when you're talking about this and you've laid these kind of three things out, squared with other things, and then you know, but uh, squared with uh, you know, I guess any number of things, and you've got reconciled with your experience, and then the Bible also, and yet you're talking about bringing you know um, order to chaos and clarity to confusion, and it sounds like we've got some confusion or chaos around you know what are these other things, how do we square to them. What is experience? How do we work it out? What is the Bible? How is it to be read? And in fact, how is it to be, what do you do with once you've got the Bible? How do you kind of work with that one as um, as an information source? Can it stand on its own? Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're saying no. Uh, what do you mean by stand on its own? Well, I mean, if you if the Bible says so. <laughs> I oh. that's, that's a leading comment. <laughs> <laughs> if the Bible says so. Yeah, well, again, it's like, yeah, I mean, we read so much horrible stuff of, you know, this one sentence, this, you know, this says, this sentence from this three-sentence verse says to do this, and, and therefore all Christians are commanded to do it, and if you're not, then you might be going to hell. Like, that, no. Reassuring. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But no, what I keep, we should probably wrap this one soon, but the, what no, what I keep being blown away with is and again my my evangelical christian experience was very simplistic very you know one verse two verses maybe three or four and you know bonus points if you got some verses from the old testament and the new testament but what i'm blown (laughs) away by as i read nt Wright is is the sweeping nature of the story Mm -hmm. and like how broad and how deep it goes and that it, you know, it cannot be summed up in one or two verses. Thanks for listening to the Untangling Christianity podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts or questions on this episode, so leave a comment at the website, untanglingchristianity.com slash 83. We also invite you to join our private Facebook group, To receive an invitation, send an email to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com and tell us your biggest need or problem when it comes to Christianity. We'll get an invitation right out to you. Music on this podcast is made possible by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license. Tune in next week for a new episode.